When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFL Week 5 episode, a.k.a. the October 8th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Uh, This episode, I guess, is probably brought to you by coronavirus, because that's what this episode's kind of all about. Number one, obviously, with everything that's going on in the NFL, um... Don't know what's going to be going on with the Titans or the Patriots or maybe even the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'll get into that more in a second. But also because I thought I had coronavirus or COVID-19. At what point did everyone start calling it COVID-19? I thought it was coronavirus forever. And then all of a sudden people stopped calling it that and started calling it COVID-19. I like corona. It's a funner word. Uh, But that's why there wasn't a Tuesday episode of the show. Uh, so for the loyal listeners out there, you might have noticed that there wasn't a Tuesday episode uh, uploaded, and that was because I was very sick. Uh, hit me, started hitting me Sunday on Monday. I could hardly get out of bed. Same with Tuesday. Uh, I ended up going to get the Corona test, uh, the test for it to see if I had it. Uh, I got the result back this afternoon. I'm negative, uh, which to be honest, I didn't really think I had it. Uh, I had most of the symptoms. I didn't have the shortness of breath, which I feel like in my uneducated opinion, that's probably the one that, uh, makes it seem like coronavirus more than anything else. Uh, it turns out it was just a basic flu that I'm still trying to get over. Uh, so I'm going to have to go through this uh, after I'm done recording and edit all all the coughs because I'm going to be coughing throughout this, I'm sure. Uh, but I will not make you, make you listen to me coughing, but uh, not really too surprised I didn't have it because I live in Nova Scotia and we almost, I think we only have like three or four cases in the entire province. We, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Atlantic Canada, the three, how many provinces? One, two, three, four provinces in Atlantic Canada. We're kind of our own little world out here. Uh, when the coronavirus hit, we cut off access to the rest of the country, uh, at least for the most part, and kind of access, well, definitely access to the states. Uh, we're kind of our own little world over here in Atlanta, Canada. So the rest of Canada is getting hit hard with a second wave. We are not. I think every province uh, has less than, fewer than five cases, I think. Uh, So I'm not surprised I didn't get it. By the way, do do people, do you Americans even know that there's two more time zones in Canada than there is America? I live in a time zone that doesn't even exist in America, in the States. It's called AST, Atlantic Standard Time. So um, we are one hour later than you. So we are completely a separate, different world. I think the only, uh, the borders to the rest of the world is through New Brunswick. One is through the States, which obviously we can't access. And the other one's through Quebec. And nobody wants to go through Quebec anyway. So uh, we've all just been kind of chilling in our own little world over here in Atlanta, Canada during the pandemic. Yeah, we have our own time zone. If it's 8 o'clock in in the East Coast of the States, it's 9 o'clock where I am, which... 
Uh, I see people complain about like primetime NFL games and stuff starting at like 8.15 their time. It starts at 9.15 here. It's almost 1 a.m. by the time primetime games are over. So don't complain. You could have it worse. You could even live in Newfoundland. There's another time zone that doesn't exist, and it only exists in the province of Newfoundland, which is kind of in its own world itself. And it's a half an hour later than it is here. I didn't even, well, I, I guess I knew because I grew up here, but uh, you might not know that there's time zones that are half an hour. So if it's 11 o'clock in the eastern of the United States or in Toronto in Canada, it's 12 o'clock here and then 12.30 in Newfoundland. I remember my sister used to have a pin on her backpack when she was in school that said the world ends at 12, 12.30 in Newfoundland. I always thought that, always thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but I'm kind of going off uh, on a tangent. Main point is I didn't think I had coronavirus, but I thought I might have, so I isolated, and then I went and uh, got the test because I did have all the symptoms except for shortness of breath, but I'm not. I'm still alive. I'm here. Uh, and I'm starting to feel better as well, so hopefully uh, that's also why I wasn't on the Guys and Bets today, the Wednesday episode. Uh, I love Joe's little story about how I got in a fight with an old man at a Payless shoe store because I didn't want to wear a mask. Uh, no, I was just sick. Uh, hopefully I'll be back for the Friday episode of Guys and Bets. But I digress. That was also why I didn't have a Tuesday episode. I apologize. But I would be I would have to die for me not to get out an NFL episode each week during the NFL season. So here I am. I'm battling through it. I'm fighting through it. Uh, let's uh, get into the NFL Week 5 episode of the podcast. A few things that we need to uh, go over here first. Uh, there's three games that I don't have lines for. That's the Bills-Titans, which obviously makes sense. With I mean, the Titans keep getting positive tests, and I think I saw a news story that they held a practice yesterday, which was against the NFL rules, so I wouldn't be surprised if that game doesn't happen. Bengals-Ravens, I was surprised not to see a line. Why isn't there a line for Bengals-Ravens? Is it because Lamar Jackson might not play? He's questionable, but he probably will play. Um, unless I'm missing something else. I feel like sportsbooks should have a line out for Bengals-Ravens. Uh, but they don't. And then Broncos, Patriots, um, that makes sense with Patriots. Uh, St- uh, Stephon, Stephen or Stephon? Stephon Gilmore, I think, uh, tested positive. So that game is up in the air as well. Uh, some books may have lines for these three games, but I said when I started this road to 256 bets, I was going to stick to Bovada and bet online. I've been Bovada the first four weeks. Uh, for anyone who cares, this week I'm using lines at bet online because bet online has a couple games that Bovada doesn't have up. So because they have more games, all the bets I'm locking in tonight and that I'm going to give out on the show will be bet online lines. Um, and also for the three games, if they do happen, I will tweet out my official picks between now and obviously when the game starts. So most of my picks are always official on this podcast. I may, can't make my picks official for those three games. I will tweet out my picks for those games. Um, or I might give them out on guys and bets on Friday. We'll see. Uh, but I will put them out in some form, and those will be my official picks for this weekend. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, if you're listening to this, I assume you already do. Uh, but if you don't, follow me on Twitter, at IanMacOS, I-A-I-N-M-A-C-O-S, on Twitter. And you will see my picks on there for those three games. So I have uh, so 15 minus 3, so I have 12 picks on this podcast. Now, before I get into those 12 picks, a little recap of last week. I had the best week of betting that I will have, I mean, have this season. I can pretty confidently say that. If I can beat what I did this weekend, I'd be extremely impressed. Um, so I always review my bets, no matter how bad they go, or in this case, how good they go. So uh, prepare yourself, because I'm about to basically suck my own dick here for the next two minutes while I review all these bets, because I crushed it! Well, but the week didn't get started off right. Jets-Broncos Thursday night. If you listen to last week's NFL episode, uh, I took the under. That lost. It, it wasn't even close. Um, I should have just taken the Broncos, because on the podcast I said that. I was deciding between the under and the Broncos. Would have won if I just won Broncos. Made the wrong choice. That's on me. Um, 
Overs are hitting an extremely high rate, third highest rate ever uh, through the first four weeks of the NFL. Highest average combined point total in NFL games by, I think, like five points through the first few weeks. Uh, I think I've talked about this before, but it mainly is because of, a lot of people are saying because of lack of crowds and defense uh, defenses thrive off the energy of crowds. I don't necessarily buy that, and you can't really measure that, but penalties, offensive holding penalties are down, defensive pass interference penalties are slightly up, so I think that uh, is a big factor for it. Also, teams are getting more aggressive. Teams are going forward on fourth down more often. Uh, and things like that. I think I talked about this last week, but overs keep on hitting. Uh, I will be staying away from unders this week. Actually, I think I only have one total bet at all, and I think it's an over. Uh, so mostly just spreads this week, I guess. Uh, but yeah, lost on uh, the the Thursday night game. Uh, Cardinals lost on that. Ravens minus 13 over Washington hit that. Uh, Cowboys lost. Um, Cowboys didn't screw me two weeks in a row. Uh, Browns look great, though. I'll talk more about the Browns uh, when I talk about their game this week. Um, but then I went Colts minus three plus 110 versus Bears. That was easy. Bengals minus three. That was a good win. Chargers, Bucks over 43. Lions, Saints over 54. Both those overs hit in the third quarter. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Uh, Seahawks minus seven uh, versus the Dolphins. That hit, and I was at even money too. Uh, Vikings plus five ended up winning outright. Giants plus 13. That game basically went exactly how I thought it was going to. Rams just have that... Uh, uh, really slow it down, kind of run the ball kind of offense, so it's hard for them to cover a 13-point spread. Bills minus three over the Raiders. Uh, yep, that hit. Chiefs minus seven, minus 105 versus Patriots. I know some people had their Chiefs bets voided because the game was delayed uh, a day. Um, but regardless, uh, I would have been on the Chiefs again anyways at like minus 11, and they covered that spread as well. Well, they win by like 16, I think. Uh, that one did get a little bit lucky because it really is kind of that pick six. Uh, that went right through Julian Edelman's hand that kind of sealed that deal for that one. So I got a little bit lucky with that one. Sunday Nighter. How about that one? Let me pat myself on the back for that. Underdog money line alert. I had an Eagles plus 255. Uh, if you waited until kickoff, you would have got it around 3-1, to one, even maybe slightly better than 3-1. to one. Uh, So yeah, call that one. Fuck yeah. Give myself a real big pat on the back for that one. Uh, Nick Mullins looked good the week before, but I called it. Nick Mullins had a couple stinkers last season, and it had a stinker this week. Uh, Eagles offense still has a lot of work to do, but their defense is very good. And then uh, the last game of the week um, that I lost on was Falcons plus 7.5. That was one of those ones where I bet it had it locked in, and then um, like leading up to the weekend, I regretted that bet. I kind of wish I... I mean, come on, the Falcons stink. I'm going to talk about the Falcons more when I get to their game this week, uh, but they stink. That was a bad bet. Uh, that was one of those ones where if I didn't bet it until the day of, I don't think I would have taken them. Uh, but I probably would have taken the over, and that didn't hit either. So regardless, that was a loss. But uh, I handicapped most games to basically perfection last week, I think. I'm pretty sure. Cowboys, I was way off. Cardinals, I was off. The under, I, like the four losses were bad losses. But, uh, I mean, I handicapped a lot of the games. Kind of went exactly how I predicted. So I went total for week Four, I went 11 and four for plus 7.89 units, which brings my total record for the season 33, 29 and one for plus 3.21 units. So I'm back in the black, baby. We're back to profitable. I honestly didn't know if I ever was going to get uh, in the black and profitable this NFL season. Uh, I was starting to get a little bit worried, uh, but here we are. We're up three units for the season. Who would have thought? Look at us. Look at us, Paul Rudd meme. Who would have thought? Not me. Uh, but here we are. So I got three units to play with. I could lose three units and still be slightly profitable this weekend. 
Uh, so that makes it a little bit less stressful going into the weekend. Um, but there you go. That's my recap. That's my little spiel for the week. I don't think I have anything else to get it go over until uh, I get into this week's picks. Yeah, three games. Not going to have picks for those games. I'll tweet them out. I said that. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's get into my picks for NFL Week 5. Because, of course, this is the NFL Week 5 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 All right, as always, let's start with the Thursday night football game, Bucks against Bears. Uh, I'm going to take the Bucks minus three and a half. I got it at minus 105. Bucks opened up as six point favorites, and it's bet down all the way down to three and a half. And I don't fully understand why. Am I missing something? Once again, I've been sick all week, so I've I've basically been bedridden. I've hardly left my bed, and for the hours that I've been awake, I've been high on cold medicine, just pumping that stuff into me. So. Uh, my brain was foggy all week. I might have missed something uh, for why the Bucks have been bet down two and a half points down to minus three and a half. I'll take that. I'll, I'll bet on the reverse line movement there. Um, I apologize to Bears fans. I know I shit on your team almost every single week, but I just really don't think they're very good. Uh, we saw Nick Foles' true colors once he had to go up against a competent defense in the Colts last week, and it wasn't good. Now the now the Bears face. Another very good defense in the Bucks, which is kind of weird to say because the Bucks have not had a good defense. They've had one of the worst defenses in the league like the past handful of years. But right now, the Bucks are fourth in opponent yards per game, only allowing 312. Bears are eighth. So to be fair, Bears defense has been uh, playing a little bit better than I expected. Uh, but Bears offense bad. Chicago 24th in offensive yards per game at 343.2. Bucks are 16th at 371.5. Uh, honestly, if I was going to take any under... This week, it might be this game. Uh, what's the total at? 44, I believe. Might be a good spot for the under, but I, I mean, the amount of points that are being scored in NFL games, I just I can't bet on an under right now. Although maybe we are going to see a lot of unders. Maybe we're going to see a regression to the mean. Uh, but I know that Joe Osborne uh, gave out. Uh, he's on the under. He gave it out on today's episode of Guys and Bets. So uh, maybe I'm doing the opposite of what I should have done last week, where last week I wanted to take Broncos. I went with the under. Wrong call. Maybe this week I'm taking the Bucks. Should be going uh, with the under instead. But regardless, my bet's locked in. Bucks minus three and a half, minus 105. I might take. I might take the Bears down the road uh, in later weeks when they go up against weaker defenses. But I can't take them against a top 10 defense. And the Bucks are a top 10 defense. So once again, Tampa Bay minus three and a half, minus 105. All right, let's talk about the Falcons. I almost said my Falcons. No, I was. I felt nothing while they were getting bitch slapped by the Packers on Monday night. I felt nothing watching that game. Uh, like I said, I regret taking the Falcons last week. Bad bet. Not going to bet on them again, at least not this week. I think, what are they, one-point favorites uh, against the Panthers? I'm taking the over 54 and a half. I'm just plugging my nose, closing my eyes, and I'm taking the over. The Falcons' defense sucks. I mean, they suck bad enough as it is, but now they have basically Ryan Gosling from, from Remember the Titans starting at one corner and one of the kids from the Little Giants starting at the other corner. Let's go through some injuries on the Falcons' defense. Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, Grady Jarrett, Tack McKinley, Jalen Hawkins, Marlon Davidson, De- DeMonte, Kaze, Foye, Alucan, A.J. Terrell, Darquez, Denard, all 
those names I just listed are injuries that the Falcons have on defense. They're all at the very least questionable. Uh, some of them, to be fair, might end up playing this weekend. I think AJ Terrell might be back from his uh, from him having COVID. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how he's going to do because he's a rookie. Obviously, he was their first round draft pick. Uh, but their defense is bad enough if all their starters are healthy. And now, their uh, their safety. Who do they, who's going to start a safety? Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, uh, Demonte Casey, and Jalen Hawkins. So they have four safeties that are hurt this week. I think all four of those guys are safeties. Uh, who's who's starting for them? I got my phone on standby. I think they might call me up to play safety for them. It's ridiculous. I could put together 11 guys from the Odd office and we'd put up 20 points against this Falcons defense. It's gross. It's disgusting. They're second last in opponent yards per game. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's it's too bad for the over that McCaffrey isn't playing because the Falcons' dumbass coaching staff think that passing to the running back is some sort of trick play. They don't even think about defending it. What were they doing Monday night? Aaron, there wasn't a, a defender within like 50 yards of Aaron Jones in that first touchdown. They just fed Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams on, on the flat and in patterns all day. The foul, It's like, what what do you guys do? How, how is Dan Quinn still have a job? On offense, they have the, um, the highest run rate on second long, and it's not even close. I tweeted it out uh, a couple days ago. I, I wish I had it up in front of me here. I'll see if I can find it, but... With Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst, and yeah, here it is. Second long pass rate. Falcons dead last. Worse than the Jets, the Bengals, the Broncos. So they are on second long. They just go, yep, let's run it right up the middle for, you know, a half yard gain. Dirk Dirk Cutter sucks. The Raheem, what's what's their fucking defensive coordinator's name? I've shit on him before because in week one they said to stop the Falcons that they were going to uh, focus on Chris Carson. They were going to make Russell Wilson beat them, which is the dumbest game plan of all time. What's a, what's a Raheem? I want to say Raheem Mostert, but that's the 49ers running back. Uh, Falcons defensive coordinator. It's Raheem something, isn't it? No, that's Patrick. No, it's, what are they going to What do we... Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris, sorry. So I don't even know if it's all on Dan Quinn. I think he just sucks at picking coordinators. They're idiots. Dirk Cutter is calling an offense like it's 1996. But I don't care because I'm not a Falcons fan anymore. And I'm not going to bet on them either. Give me the over 54 and a half, minus 110. Give me the fucking over. God damn. Most frustrating team in the planet to watch. All right. Done talking about them. Ra- uh, Raiders against Chiefs. Uh, this is one of the games that Bet Online had a line out for it or has a line out for it. Uh, Bovada does not. Um, by the time you're listening to this, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe this game is canceled by the time you're listening to it. I don't know. I'm, but the line at Bet Online was 13. I'm going to take Raiders plus 13 at minus 115. You have to take the Raiders here at plus 13. And to be completely honest, part of the reason because of that picture of Stephon Gilmore hugging Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, I don't think I can take the Chiefs to cover a 13-point spread when Mahomes might get the old Rona uh, and might be ruled out. I mean, let's hope he isn't. I uh, would not want to... I don't want anyone to get coronavirus, especially not Patrick Mahomes. He's probably the most exciting player in the NFL to watch. But even if he plays, 13 points is kind of a lot uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, especially with... I mean, they if Patriots had, a, had Cam Newton, I don't know if Chiefs win that game. Uh, Chiefs barely got past the Chargers. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, 13 is a lot of points. Raiders are decent. Derek Carr is having a pretty good year. Derek Carr, second completion percentage in the NFL right now at 73.61%. Also, the blueprint to beat the Chiefs is pretty clear at this point. It's to run the ball, control the clock, and keep Mahomes off the field. Raiders can obviously run the ball with Josh Jacobs. I think Chiefs are like, I I didn't write down the exact number, but they're in the bottom third in opponent yards per carry. So if the Raiders are smart, they'll follow the game plan, run the ball, and keep Mahomes off the field if Mahomes plays. So I and 13 points. I mean, I think that's a ridiculous line. I'll take I'll take Raiders plus the points in this one. Minus 115 is the juice on that. Rams Washington. Uh, this was uh, I mean a lot of big spreads this week. A lot of massive spreads. I don't know if there's ever been a week in the NFL where there's so many like touchdown or bigger spreads. It's ridiculous. Uh, but this is one that I thought actually should have been bigger. It's Rams minus seven, minus one fifteen over Washington. That's my pick. I don't care, Kyle, that Kyle Allen is starting for Washington. They stink. I keep saying it every week, and I will keep betting against them. Rams third in the NFL in rush play percentage, so they run the ball a ton. Washington twenty third in opponent rushing yards per game, so they're good at defending the pass, not so good against the run. Also, just generally, I love what Sean McVay is doing this year with his play calling. He's calling uh, plays to his team's strengths. He's not asking too much of Jared Goff, which was the big mistake last season. Uh, he was making Goff throw like 50 times a game, which I he's just not that guy. Uh, Rams also tied for fifth in net yards per play at plus 0.7, which, by the way, net yards per play, something that I, refer- I will be referencing a lot as the season goes on. Uh, Joe Osborne has a net yards per play report on Odd Shark, so check that out if you want to see everyone's net yards per play rankings. But basically what it is is you take the average yards per play gained on offense, subtract the amount of yards given up per play on defense, and that's your net yards per play. So Rams are plus .7 net yards per play. Washington is 26th at minus .6. So I'll take the Rams to cover the touchdown spread. Should be closer to double digits, uh, but part of the reason might be because of the fact why I bet against the against the Rams last week and the Giants because... Just with the Rams style of play, it's a little bit harder to cover big spreads, but this is only a touchdown. I think they cover it here. Um, by the way, went 4-1 and one in Capra Cup. Cowboys fucked me for my loss. Same with uh, the Bet Online Mega Contest, which if I put in a couple more 5-0 and and 4-1 and weeks, I might be sniffing around the 100K first prize in that Bet Online contest. Wouldn't that be sweet? I think I'd retire for a year. If I win the 100K, I think I might quit Odd Shark for a year and just record this podcast and see how long I can live off 100K. I'd probably blow it. My my impulsive behavior, I'd probably blow it all within a month. Um, <laughs> uh, Jaguars against the Texans. Taking Jaguars plus 6, minus 105 against the Texans. Um, I don't have the exact number for this either, but... Uh, I remember looking it up last year whenever the first coach got fired, but teams who fire their coach uh, seem to do well against the spread the week after, uh, which is going against my pick because I'm on Jaguars. I think six points is too much. Uh, Texans 27th in offensive yards per game. Jaguars 19th in offensive yards per game. Uh, yes, the Jaguars record's not good, but big thing about Jaguars is something that, uh, something that a lot of people might not think of or might have forgot. Jaguars beat the Colts in week one, and they put up 27 points against the Colts defense, which is now the best defense in the league, at least through the first four weeks. Since week one, the Colts have only allowed 29 combined points over the next three games. So Jaguars scored 27 over the next three games. Colts have only allowed 29. So Jaguars offense, underrated. Also Gardner Minshew, under, underrated fifth in completion percentage in the league so far this season, 72.11%. 
Uh, as far as defense goes, they're 22nd, 23rd in opponent yards per game, so uh, both defenses kind of stink. Um, Houston, 26th in opponent completion percentage, so Gardner Minshew should at least have a decent day against the Texans. Six points, I, I don't really know where that spread's coming from. Maybe they think with Romeo Carnell that um, they'll have a better, uh, better play calling, better offense, maybe... Uh, the team will uh, get a little bit fired up now that that moron Bill O'Brien's finally fired. Maybe. Uh, there are a lot of uncertainties, a lot of unknowns, a lot of um, uh, variables in this game, but I'll take the Jaguars. Plus six, minus 105. Oh, i got to take a drink of water. This is killing me. All right, uh, let's power through this, friends. All right, Cardinals-Jets. This is another game. Bet Online has the lines up for it. Bovada does not. Bet Online has Cardinals at seven point favorites, minus 115. That's going to be my pick. Cardinals minus seven, minus 115. Cardinals burned me last week. Uh, one of my only losses last week. I have to back them this week, though. I mean, the Jets. The Jets shouldn't be double digit, shouldn't be single digit underdogs to anyone except for maybe the Giants at this point. They absolutely stink. I don't need to tell you guys this. You guys know this. Uh, now, old man Flacco is starting for them, so who knows how that's going to go. Uh, when was the last time Joe, I guess it was probably with the Broncos last time Joe Flacco threw a pass, but man, I can't, I mean, I bet on the Jets a couple weeks ago when they were like plus 11 to the Colts, I'm not making that mistake again, even if the Jets somehow cover this week, um, I won't even be pissed because I, I can't bring myself to betting on the dumpster fire Jets right now, especially with, I mean, maybe come Joe Flacco comes out, maybe it's the uh, elite version of Joe Flacco, maybe he throws for 500 yards and eight touchdowns, who knows, uh, I'm not going to bet on that happening though. Um, by the way, Kyler Murray, quick rant about Kyler Murray, um, he sucks, uh, and I called it preseason, I got completely burnt on Twitter for it, um, but now, I mean, he's a fraud, he's a fraud, and people are starting to realize it, uh, he's a decent runner, teams are going to be able to stop uh, stop him from running the ball as much as he is, though he sucks as a passer, he does exactly what I said he did in my podcast preseason, he looks at his he looks at his first option, he might glance at his second option, and then he immediately tucks the ball and looks for a place to run. That's not how mobile quarterbacks should use their feet. They should use use their feet in trying to find by time while still looking downfield, looking for an option to throw. That's what Russell Wilson does so well. Lamar Jackson's pretty decent at it. Kyler Murray hasn't learned that yet. So in like four or five weeks when Kyler Murray continues to stink, I'm going to retweet my tweet of saying he sucks, and then I'm going to go roast everyone who called me an absolute fucking moron for making that call. Kyler Murray stinks. That's my rant about Kyler Murray, um, but I'm still going to bet on this week because I refuse to bet on the fucking J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 suck. Cardinals minus 7, minus 115. Moving on. Eagles against Steelers. I have very little to say about this game, and it's basically because I have no idea who the Steelers are. So I'm going to take Eagles uh, plus 7, minus 112. A little bit of a weird juice on this one to bet online. So Eagles plus 7, minus 112. Um, maybe it's just because I have a spot, soft spot for the Eagles for cashing in on that money line Sunday night. Uh, but like I said, I don't know who the Steelers are. They beat the Giants, Broncos, and Texans, three of the worst teams in the league. Two of the three, like the only way that their first three games would have been any easier was if they played the Jets against the Texans, or instead of the Texans, I should say. Giants and Broncos are, are two of the three worst teams in the league, so who cares? You beat those teams. Now, maybe they are for real. Maybe they are really good, uh, but I can't bet on a team to cover a seven-point spread when, I mean, that's all that we've seen is three complete shit shows. And this is another shit show. The Eagles have, or Steelers have such an easy start to the schedule. It's unbelievable. But Eagles defense still pretty solid, despite not uh, getting much help from the offense. 10th in opponent yards per game, 2nd in sacks per game. 
that's all I got to say this say about this game seven points uh, yeah beat someone Steelers and then maybe I'll start betting on you I'll go Eagles plus seven minus 112 Dolphins 49ers uh, this game the line just got put up on bet online before I started recording um, I'm guessing it wasn't up because there was no announcement on Jimmy G there's still no announcement on Jimmy G I'm gonna I think he's gonna play I'm gonna assume he's gonna play um, but I hope he doesn't because I'm going to take Dolphins plus nine minus 115. Listen, a lot of big favorites, and I think this is going to be a week of underdogs covering. Not winning outright, maybe, but I think a lot of underdogs are going to cover these big spreads. Um, it's been a very square season so far in the NFL. A lot of just the obvious picks are coming through. A lot of sharps on Twitter are whining about it, but I mean, that, that's, that's NFL for you. I mean... I kind of made the same mistake the first couple weeks of just trying to do the, trying to fade the public, go with the non-popular picks. I got burnt for it, so I switched my strategy. I went a little bit more square last week on some of my picks, and it paid off. I went 11-4. and four. Adjust, people. Adjust. Uh, but I think this is going to be a week that uh, we're going to see closer. I mean, these spreads are ridiculous. There are some bad teams. There are some really good teams in the NFL, but I mean, almost every single game's over a touchdown spread. I mean, there's no way there's going to be that many blowouts in one week. I'm on some of the favorites to cover, uh, but the Dolphins are, or the 49ers are not one of them. I'll take Dolphins plus nine. Um, yeah, this is another one I don't really have any stats to, to, to cite for because, I mean, 49ers defense is a ton better. The run game's a ton better. Um, but this smells like a Ryan Fitzpatrick backdoor cover if there ever was one. 49ers will probably win outright nine points. I mean, garbage, garbage time touchdown by Ryan Fitzpatrick brings it within nine points. I see that being very possible. Um, Four Dolphins have only lost to the Pat Patriots by 10, to the Bills by 3, 8 to the Seahawks. So, I don't know. I have to take the Dolphins in the points here, I think, and uh, hope that Jimmy G doesn't play. If fucking, I guess I'll probably start Bethard or whatever his name is instead of Mullins, but still. If Jimmy G doesn't play in this game, I have no concern about that pick, so I'll go Dolphins plus 9. Cowboys-Giants. So two weeks in a row been burnt betting on the Cowboys, but here we go. Here we go. Again on my uh, own. Taking Cowboys minus 9.5, minus 115. They have to turn things around on defense at some point, right? They have to. I mean, Dak Prescott, I'm going to mention him in a bit um, because also uh, actually at the end of the show, I'm going uh, to talk about some MVP odds really quick. But Dak Prescott, he's on pace to smash passing records right now. So they have to blow out this Daniel Jones-led Giants team, right? Right? I mean, they have to. They have to. So let's look at net yards per play. Um, Dallas plus .6. Giants are minus .6. Giants don't have Barkley. They have no weapons to lean on. I know I said about the Browns last week against the Cowboys, but it's even more true in this game. I just don't see how the Giants' offense can keep up with the Cowboys' offense. The Giants are dead last in yards per game, tied with the Jets, only 278 yards per game. They haven't put up more than 16 points in a game so far. In a year that every team is scoring in bunches, the Giants are not. This has to be the game that the Cowboys' defense does something, at least. It has to be. Right? Right? It has to be. Daniel Jones, I mean, I know the Cowboys' defense stinks. They're almost as bad as the Falcons' defense, but... Daniel Jones, come on. No Saquon Barkley, come on. Ah, uh, Cowboys minus nine and a half. And if they don't cover this game, I'm uh, fuck the Cowboys. I'll hate them forever. Third time's the charm, baby. Third time's the charm. Let's go. Um, next game, uh, underdog money line alert, but I'm not even enthusiastic about it because it's the lamest underdog money line of all time. Uh, Browns and Colts. Browns are one point underdogs. I'm just going to take them on the money line. I'm sorry, people. 
I know I last week I got aggressive at hit, but I mean, with all these massive spreads, I, I don't want to bet on any of the underdogs to win outright. I don't love any of them to win outright. Uh, I'm sorry, this is the lamest underdog money line of all time. I realize that. I won't do it again, but this week, I mean, I, ha- I have to kind of be a little bitch about it. So, Browns are, I mean, they're minus 105 on the money line, which is basically, I mean, I get some spreads at minus 105, so I'm sorry. This is, is I no, I said I was going to give a money line underdog pick every week. Technically, this is a money line underdog, but it's not even plus money. I'm, I'm ashamed that this is my money line underdog pick this week, but whatever, forgive me. Uh, main reason I'm not fully bought in on the Colts so far, to be honest. I mean, Phillip Rivers, he, he looks fine. He looks decent. Uh, the Colts defense is the best defense so far, so there aren't many stats I can cite that will support the Browns having a good offensive day. But let's remember, people, who the Colts have played so far. The Jaguars, Vikings, Jets, and Bears. Not exactly offensive powerhouse teams. And as far as the Browns offense goes, I love how Kevin Stefanski is running the Browns offense. It's, it was so obvious how, how they should be running the Browns offense the past couple of years. Uh, but uh, Hugh Jackson and uh, Freddie Kitchens obviously couldn't figure it out. There are a couple of morons too. Why are there so many idiot coaches in the NFL? Is it, I mean, it's just because they're all like a, it's like a fraternity thing. People just fail upwards. But there are a lot of just absolute fucking moron head coaches in the NFL that do not deserve to, ha- to have been an NFL head coach. But I guess that's probably the same in every job. Every job you look at, there's people who don't deserve to be there that are just absolute morons uh, that somehow get the job and fail upwards. But I digress. Browns are running the ball a shit ton. Highest uh, rush play percentage in the league, which is setting up a lot of play action and quarterback rollouts by make Baker Mayfield, which is always how... Uh, Baker Mayfield has success. Just keeping him in the pocket and trying to turn him into Peyton Manning is not a good idea. Um, play action and QB rollouts is where he succeeds, and they run the ball to set those up. Um, so obviously, like I said, I don't have a lot of stats to back it up because Browns have had a very tough schedule. Colts have had a very easy schedule. So all the stats lean Colts big time. It's an eye test pick. I'll take Browns minus 105 on the money line. And once again, I apologize for having a lame underdog money line pick this week. All right, Vikings-Seahawks. I'm going to take Vikings plus 7, minus 115 against the Seacocks. Uh, big thing already about the Seahawks, Jamal Adams is out. Uh, and he is easily their best defensive player and a terrible, terrible defense. Might be surprised by this, but Seahawks defense dead last. And opponent yards per game, yes. Their defense is even worse than the Falcons and Cowboys even worse they're giving up a ton of yards it's hiding it a little bit because russell wilson is scoring so many points it doesn't really matter but and also with the seahawks three of their four wins have been one score games they beat the patriots by five cowboys by seven and dolphins by eight so i'll take the vikings at that plus seven number to keep it within one score vikings obviously run the ball a ton third in rush attempts per game their passing game they i mean their passing game is kind of weird so they're 28th in passing yards but they're fifth in yards per pass attempt and first in yards per completion. So, I mean, I haven't sat down and watched a ton of Vikings games, just Vikings games, because whenever they play, I just watch Red Zone. But Kirk Cousins must just be throwing a lot of deep balls is easy. The opposite of the Kirk Cousins of last year, because, I mean, those stats don't really make sense. And is he not passing the ball a lot? I don't know. Those stats kind of contradict each other. Regardless, I just think the Seahawks defense is so bad, I can't take them to cover a seven-point spread. Uh, against the Vikings, who I think are underperforming this year. I think they're better than uh, what they've played so far. So I'll take Vikings plus 7, minus 115 against the Shitcocks. 
Um, also, Seahawks are one of the only teams that are 4-0 four, four against the spread. You can't cover every spread. Can't go 16-0 against the spread. I can't see it happening. Uh, Chargers, Saints. Oh, that's a Sunday nighter, isn't it? Yeah, so Monday nighters, Chargers, Saints. Uh, I almost took this as my money line underdog, but I'm going to keep. Uh, I'll just keep it with the spread. I couldn't quite pull the trigger on the money line. So Chargers plus seven, minus 103 against the Aints. Don't care that Drew Brees is still putting up decent numbers. He still has a noodle arm. I hate him. Fuck the Saints, even though I'm not a Falcons fan anymore. Still hate the Saints. The Chargers defense can slow down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They should do all right defending Drew Brees and the Saints. Also love what I've seen from Justin Herbert so far. Despite the occasional rookie mistake, he still has a 102.2 QB rating so far. He looks confident. He looks athletic. He's made some great throws. Uh, But this is another game I don't have a lot of stats to back it up. It's an eye test bet. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers plus 7, minus 103. Um, I mean, in, in the NFL, I, I'm a big stats guy in most sports. I don't think you should rely too much on stats in the NFL, especially at this point in the season, because very small sample size and some of the stats are going to be skewed because some teams have had a lot easier schedules than other teams. So don't look at stats too, too much. Watch the games, see what you're saying or see what you're seeing, realize what you're seeing, I think is what I meant to say. Um, and kind of think about these bets. I mean, these are a lot of points, a lot of points and uh, a lot of big spreads going on here. Uh, so I'm going to recap my picks. Like I said, once again, at the top of the show for Bills, Titans, Bengals, Ravens, and Broncos, Patriots, if those games do happen, I will tweet out my picks before the games start. Um, but no lines above auto or bet online, and those are the two books I said I would cite, so I can't give out those picks this show. But I think I saw on Odd Shark at least, that Ravens were 11-point favorites. I don't know if that's available at somewhere else. I just saw it on the Odd Shark computer picks page, I think. Ravens are 11-point favorites against the Bengals. Give me Bengals plus 11 all day. Uh, but we'll see what the actual line is once Bovada or Bet Online has it out. Now, i got to wrap this up because I'm losing my voice here. Uh, but at least, thank God, it's not the Corona. Not the Rona. All right, recap. Bucks minus 3, minus 105 versus the Bears. Panthers, Falcons over 54.5, minus 110. Raiders... Plus 13, minus 115 against the Chiefs. Rams, minus 7, minus 115 against Washington. Jaguars, plus 6, minus 105 versus Texans. Cardinals, minus 7, minus 115 versus Jets. Eagles, plus 7, minus 112 versus Steelers. Dolphins, plus 9, minus 115 versus 49ers. Cowboys, minus 9, minus 115 versus Giants. Browns, minus 105 on the money line versus Colts. Vikings, plus 7, minus 115 versus the old shitcocks. I don't know why I'm disrespecting the Seahawks like that. Chargers plus 7, minus 103 versus Saints. So I'm taking a lot of underdogs this week. I mean, big spread. I mean, it can't I mean, there it can't be. We can't see just a blow by the favorite in every game this week. I think underdogs are going to cover a lot. They're going to they're going to win some of these big spread games too. I just can't figure out which ones I like. I don't like any of them like I liked the Eagles last week. I'll tell you that. Last thing I want to talk about uh, as a little bonus since I didn't have a Tuesday episode, let's take a look at MVP odds really quick. Uh, I mean, you probably know what I'm going to say because I kind of alluded to it when I was talking about uh, the Cowboys there. But right now, Russell Wilson, plus 175 is the favorite. Makes sense. Aaron Rodgers, plus 275. Mahomes, plus 300. Josh Allen, 10 to 1. Love Josh Allen, but I mean, he's not going to be there at the end of the year. It's going to be Wilson, Rodgers, or Mahomes. I would say probably either Wilson or Mahomes. Um, probably probably Wilson. Probably because, I mean, if, he's, if it's close at all, um, they're probably going to give it to the guy who probably deserves to have an MVP at some point in his career. It's kind of like when they give out like a, I don't know, what are those awards? An, it's like when they gave an Oscar to Leonardo DiCaprio a couple years ago for The Revenant or whatever that movie was. Uh, he didn't deserve one for that movie, but he deserved one a lot of other movies where he didn't get one. So it was just kind of one of those career achievement awards. 
I could see Russell Wilson getting the MVP this year uh, because of that, if he's anywhere close to Rodgers and Mahomes. But the reason why I wanted to bring this up, Dak Prescott at Bovada, 25-1 to 1 right now to win MVP. Dak Prescott, plus 2,500 to win MVP right now. That's very interesting. Do the Cowboys suck right now? Yes. Wait, have the Cowboys won? Yeah, they beat the Falcons. So the Cowboys are 1-3 right now, but... Dak Prescott's on pace to smash the pa- the passing record. Smash it. He's on pace through the first four weeks. Now, whether or not he can keep up this pace is, I mean, he probably won't. But to be fair, I mean, let's bring it up. He's on pace right now to throw for 6,760 yards this season. The record, the NFL record, which I believe is held by Peyton Manning, is 5,477. So he's on pace through a quarter of the season, to break the passing record by over a 1,000 yards. I mean, I'm just going to do some, I'm not going to do mental math this, I'm going to do a quick calculator, and I probably should before I started talking about it, but 6,760 is what he's on pace for, minus the current record, which is 5,477. He's on pace to break the record by 1,283 yards. If Dak Prescott... If the Cowboys make the playoffs, which, I mean, they're in the NFC East. The Eagles are winning it at 1-2-1 right now. So the Cowboys probably still will turn things around, win the NFC East. And if they do, how do you say no to Dak Prescott winning MVP if he breaks the passing record by over 1,200 yards? I don't think they can deny him that. That's an, That would be unbelievable. I don't think you could give it to anyone, unless maybe one of the other guys also break the passing record, but maybe by not as much, and then one of those teams like the Seahawks or the Packers or the Chiefs uh, like go undefeated or go 14-2, and two. but if Dak Prescott stays on pace, and that's a big, big if, if he stays on pace, and if he throws for over 6,700 passing yards, you have to give him the MVP award, and right now, above Otta, he's 25-1, to one. so a $10 bet would win you a nice, cool 250 bucks. Well, for your big better out there, a hundred dollar bet would win two thousand five hundred bucks. If you're Canadian, it'd win you two thousand five hundred loonies, which would be one thousand two hundred and fifty toonies. No, one thousand seven hundred. One thousand seven hundred. I don't know. <laughs> My math's wrong. We have a two dollar coin in Canada. It's called a toonie, and our one dollar coin is called a loonie. A little trivia for you, for you Americans, if uh, that's ever a trivia question you get asked. Loonies and toonies. All right, I'm losing my mind. I'm still high on cold medicine. I'm losing my voice. Uh, hopefully I can survive this flu. Hopefully I'll be on guys and bets on uh, Friday. What day is it today? Wednesday. I got nothing else for you. This is the NFL Week 5 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. I'll put out my picks for the other three games on Twitter at some point. I got nothing else for you. I hope you're all winning bets too. Uh, I got a parlay in the three MLB games today. I needed the Yankees to come through, and they're losing last time I checked, and they are, oh, God, 8-2. to two. Fuck, I should have hedged. Fuck. Ah. Uh, not well. It is what it is. I got nothing else for you. I love you all. Best of luck to your bets this weekend, this weekend. Uh, if I'm feeling all right, I'll do an episode on Tuesday, next Tuesday. Uh, there's probably a PGA tournament, Tour tournament I can talk about, maybe UFC. I don't know. Uh, to be honest, the Tuesday episodes, you should look at them as bonus episodes. I'll do the Thursday ones every week during the football season. It's two episodes a week's a little much. I got I got, I got real, I got life I got to deal with. I got my actual job at Odd Shark I got to deal with. I don't make money on this podcast. Uh, 
so the amount of research I do to do it twice a week, uh, it's a little much. So not to say I'll never do the Tuesday episodes, but uh, if i got other shit going on, I'm not going to do the Tuesday episodes. But maybe I'll have one next week. I'll definitely have a Thursday one. Uh, I'll die before I stop doing these Thursday ones during the NFL season because we're on the road to 256 bets, people. And we're four weeks into it. We're a quarter into the in, into the into the NFL season, and I'm profitable. Let's keep the train rolling. Now I actually have nothing else to say. Goodbye. I love you all. Best of luck this weekend. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.